Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Righto, Jeremy, we are joined by two lovely ladies from Tomra, Claire and Rachel. And it's fair to say that we, uh, we, we were described as the naughty kids in the corner. We met at the uh, Ocean Lovers Festival at Bondi. And look, uh, how about Claire and Rachel introduce yourselves? So, Claire, um, you go first. How about you? Where, where, what do you do and where are you from? Hi, I'm uh, Claire. I'm the Charity Partnerships Manager for Tomra. Uh, so what that basically means is working with the container deposit scheme uh, throughout Australia uh, in New South Wales and Queensland and helping charities and community groups and not-for-profits make as much money as they can from the scheme because when you return your container, you get 10 cents and you can get that yourself. You can get that on PayPal or you can actually donate it to a charity. So making sure that those organisations can maximise that as much as possible and raise money through this through the scheme. Wow. Claire sounds pretty cool. Rachel, are you equally or as cool or potentially more so? It depends how you measure that, I guess. Yeah, that's, a, that's a bit rough, Brad. Jeez. Rachel, tell us about yourself. Putting you on the spot. I am the Marketing Activations Manager at Tomra, so I've only been there for three months, but my main aim is to help build trust in container deposit schemes and kind of get Tomra out there as a name so people know we're a solution-focused company, we are the world leaders in reverse vending technology, so we're trying to get that out there and educate people on um, how they're proven to reduce litter and how they should recycle. Cool. I um, really only got to know about the, the, the 10 cent scheme in mm. Adelaide uh, many, many years ago. I was down there for a conference. And the way I sort of got to know it was homeless people, and in particular one guy would go up and down a certain road with his bike, um, and it was reported that he was making like a couple of hundred bucks a week just mm. by doing it, which mm-hmm. I thought was extremely cool. So is that part of the the scheme down there? I mean, I thought it it originated out of Adelaide. Uh, The scheme first started, well, container deposit scheme started in Australia in 1977 in in South Australia. Uh, And in New South Wales, they came in in December 2017. Um, Not many people probably have heard of Tomra. We're a a new company to Australia, um, but we've been going for 47 years. Um, Wow. um, And we started in Norway with by two brothers uh, and I've kind of got over 80,000 installations across um, 60 nations. So we're quite um, quite a big operation, but as I say, we're quite 
recent uh, arrivals to the Australian market. So just to backtrack a little bit, what is an installation? What, what, is, a con- what is a vending machine, a con- container deposit um, asset? So it varies really. So in New South Wales, we um, have the reverse vending machine. So instead of putting money in and getting a can of uh, a drink out or a bottle of water, you will put an empty can or an empty uh, glass bottle or an empty plastic bottle in and get 10 cents uh, back. Uh, And as I was talking about earlier, you can then donate that 10 cents to a not-for-profit organisation, either a major organisation or one of your local schools or local charities. So as well as cleaning up the litter, as Rachel said, in your community, you can also help support your community. And how many, uh, you know, what, what's the ratio of people actually donated rather than taking the money? Do you know that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not high enough. We'll no, get it's, to that. It's, I mean, it's quite, a, it's quite a new scheme, as I say, it's yeah. only since 2017. Um, and people are very aware of the 10 cents. Um, and we are working on getting more people aware of the fact that you can actually donate to a charity uh, and give that 10 cents. And the great thing about that donation is that 100% of that donation will go to the charity. There's no fee or no admin or anything. Well, with the millions of listeners that we have, <laughs> we will promote this. We will oh, get it out. Everyone, yeah, exactly. So, so how, how, much, how much moolah, how much money are we talking about to these charities? It varies. So what we find is that if a charity gets out and involves their community, involves their supporters, their volunteers, gets the word out that they're on a reverse vending machine and says to people, you know, please put your containers through and and donate to us that really really works um but as i said we've got major um donation partners people anyone from the red cross to oz harvest um to buy a bail which is one of our most successful campaigns and then we have people who are a local primary school or wildlife rescue so it depends on the organization and uh how much that they get their supporters involved really Right, so so, so give us a, just a bit, stepping back a little bit again. So, what is the current status of recycling in Australia? Uh, like, are we good? Well, with it? well, yeah, exactly. Well, up until recently, I obviously recycled at home, and then what was it on ABC? You know, everything's gone to China. Are we mm. getting too political here? Um, maybe. I mean, we don't know about recycling for the whole of Australia, but I think definitely these single stream systems for recycling are proven to work. So there's lower contamination. So when you put your containers in a container deposit scheme, the machines look for a barcode so you can straight away, that checks the database of like 80,000 containers. So we know that they're eligible. They can't have any liquids left in them. Um, And it's just containers going into the scheme. So if you compare that to other recycling systems where it can be mixed in and people don't know they're doing the wrong thing. You know, you can put non-recyclables in the bin thinking that they are recyclable and you're contaminating it or you put in a pizza box that's full of grease or whatever and then that doesn't get recycled. So whereas these, you know, container deposit schemes work in that way because it is a single stream of recycling and there are other single streams that are out there and work. Um, I don't imagine it would be feasible that you'd have a single stream for every single material that could be recycled, but that's definitely why the container deposit schemes are proven to work around the world. And obviously it's quite mm-hmm. new in us well, not new in Australia in terms of South Australia, but there's a real push for it in New South Wales and Queensland at the moment. So I think even the first six months in Queensland and 18 months in New South Wales, it's just been amazing of how well they've gone, that it's proven that people want to get involved, people want to do the right thing, and they know that these schemes 
yeah. pretty easy to do. Yeah, and I got, think it's yeah. important also to, to point out that this isn't a recycling scheme. It's actually a New South Wales government litter reduction scheme. Mm, yeah. So it's not... It's not focused kind of on the recycling. It's focused on reducing the litter in our environment. And do you actually see that? Like, can you actually point to science and data that shows where there is a um, container deposit recycling scheme, there actually is a tangible benefit in terms of reduced pollution? Absolutely. And then um, look the notes. I know. I'm like, well, there's a statistic somewhere. Um, yeah. Well, we've returned and in, in the first eighteen months, they're striving to reduce litter overall by forty percent. At the moment, I think it's already at thirty-seven percent of total litter reduction down. So that's the other thing with the container deposit schemes. Not only does it reduce container litter, it also changes people's behaviours about litter. It makes them more aware of what's on the ground and picking it up or not littering in the first place and just being more conscious of their consumption. So not only is the litter from containers reduced, but general litter use is reduced. I, I have an idea. Well, we need we need to find out where these are and then what where our systems are mm. and yeah. go, well, are we seeing a reduction yeah. in our stormwater systems? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it'd be great to actually point to some real hard science, but I know um, there was a reference in a, a recent uh, submission to the Senate of Australia about stormwater management, and they actually did refer to, uh, I think it might have been CSIRO or some other invest, uh, group that did research and actually showed that there actually was a noticeable significant difference in the pollution levels in our marine environment mm. where reverse vending machines or, or deposit schemes were actually in place. Mm. And they were actually really advocating for it. Uh, I think it was primarily looking at South Australia and comparing it to other areas, but they were sort of calling for a nationwide sort of adoption of it, basically what South Australia does across Australia. Yeah, well, I mean, Sue, we're pushing the so WA recently, the legislation's come in for a container deposit scheme. So they're kind of working behind the schemes as to what that will look like. Mm. Um, but then it'll just be Tasmania and Victoria and then we'll be for the first continent, technically, to have a container deposit scheme in every state, which would be amazing for Australia. And so how many, how many of these schemes are in place at the moment, like in Australia or...? Across the world. I think it's over 70. I know yeah. it's in the majority of Canada have got the scheme. There's 10 states in America. There are schemes in a lot in a lot of countries in Europe, but they're very different to what's in Australia. So in other markets, um, so Norway, for example, uh, if you're a um, retailer and you sell beverage containers, you legally have to take them back. So you would go into a supermarket and you would return your containers back to the supermarket. So Wow. Thomas reverse vending machines, that's how we started, is yeah. they were first designed to be in supermarkets. So it was a, a solution for retailers, basically. They were having to deal with this volume of the, all these containers coming back. And now in New South Wales, it's very new for Thomas as a company to be like, right, we've got this, the solutions, we've got this technology, how do we roll it out for mm-hmm. consumers? And that's our role in the marketing department is to help educate consumers on, on the schemes and how to use the machines and everything, which is pretty new for Thomas actually. Yeah, wow. Have you seen one? I don't think I have. No, I, I was out in um, Western Sydney. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where were we? Uh, we've got a. Where the hell is it? You guys should know. Oh, it's, I, at a, it's, at think, a Wool, it's at a Woolworths. Yes. So um, a lot of them are in a car park of a Woolies or a shopping centre or somewhere in basements or bowling clubs, golf clubs, and it's um, actually in a container. It's in from a container ship, yeah. but the, and the machines are at the front. Yeah, I think I walked one. I was going to the University of Western Sydney, and it wasn't in a shopping area. It was in a car park, and mm. I was thinking, what are all these people doing? Because it was it was this really busy car park. Mm, I thought yeah. there might be some yeah. sort of cricket game on it, <laughs> and it was packed with people recycling. It yeah. was 
really gobsmacking. Well, a question. Are you guys a non-for-profit or are you a for-profit company? We're a for-profit company that does good things. We like to say profit for purpose. Boom, so do we. <laughs> I, think they, I think we might have stolen. Did we steal their thunder or did they steal their thunder? I think a few people jumped on that one now, I'll be honest. I don't think either of us came up with that. So it started in Norway many, yeah. many years ago. Yeah. Two brothers. How, how did it start? This, this is Tomra. Yeah, yeah. So it started back uh, in January 1972 uh, with two brothers coming up with um, basically, uh, as Rachel said, um, retailers who were selling uh, containers um, of drink needed to find a way to return them. Uh, and so basically they came up with a solution of how to, to store and how to uh, make it easy for the consumer just to put uh, their bottle back in and... and uh, Get a refund. So with a bit of legislation, people were forced into coming up with this option. Yeah, and it was from the business side, whereas um, in Australia we're, you know, consumer-focused. So Mm. it's, as Rachel said, it's kind of educating people of of what is eligible, what is not, um, how to use the the reverse vending machine, and, of course, from my side, um, how to donate to your charity. So I'm, I'm keen to know, so getting back to the, the, the two brothers in Norway, so it's it's grown from a, a couple of guys developing this machine and it's obviously gone across the globe now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is Norway still the leader in this sort of area? I mean, that's where our headquarters are and it's basically, <laughs> it's it's really interesting to, when you look at the history of, of uh, Tomra, they were um, investing in machines and going across to America and then I'm not sure when exactly it was, but the, the market fell out of aluminium um, and they kind of, there was no, no need for it. So that actually um, nearly bankrupt the company. Right. And then they just, you know, got over that and, and carried on and managing. Um, and uh, yeah, we are, as I say, in 60, 60 nations. Yeah, 60 69. nations. So how many, How many? like, have you got a feel for how much plastic you've stopped going to landfill and how many bottles you've saved? And Oh, I'm sure somewhere in head office in Norway that have an amazing – we've recently just got 40 billion yeah. containers in the last year. Yeah, 40, billion, 40, 40 billion containers a gone year. through. A year. 40 billion of plastic. M- mixed, plastic. all containers. Yeah. Wow. Which um, – I mean, I think that only represents something. It sounds amazing, but it's like two percent of the production or something in a year. So it's like we want to get the higher. We want to get yeah. So basically, out of all um, plastic packaging, only two percent of it is in what we call a, a clean loop of recycling. So mm. basically, um, taking what is a bottle, and um, whether it's a plastic or, or glass or an aluminium can, and then recycling it back into a can or a bottle. So it's not being downcycled into fleeces or, or um, roads or anything like that, it's becoming uh, a container again. So it's it's using the same material so you don't need so much raw material. So, just segue, I love segueing. You see that kid the <laughs> other day who um, who has badgered the, 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 the bejesus out of his parents um, about wanting to do something good for the environment and he's come up with this scheme where he's making sunglasses out of one bottle. Mm. Do you know about this young mm. dude? It's it's extraordinary. He I'm mean, obviously the lenses aren't new, but he has made a business. Yeah, He's like eight years old. It's so reassuring, isn't it, when kids jump on it like that? I mean, there's definitely gonna always be a market for other for plastics to be turned into other products like that. And there's certain plastics that can't be recycled over and over again. What, what are they? Uh, I'll have to speak to Get a scientist about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, could, it, you were saying earlier that it's about dark plastics. Some of the darker plastics can't actually then be recycled back into bottles. Yeah, I've definitely, I went to a Boomerang Alliance event a while ago and it was the guy from Earth Choice and Nature's Organics were saying they try and make all of their packaging out of um 
post-consumer plastic. But if we're putting colour plastics through the scheme, you can't make clear plastic again. So eventually, I mean, we'll never see clear plastic. And obviously, consumer demand is still going to want to see meat in a clear, in clear plastic so you can actually see what's inside. So those kind of coloured plastics either need to get out the, stri- the stream or, yeah, there's still going to definitely be uses to mix it with virgin plastics and make awesome inventions like the guy with the sunglasses. And so your your vending machines can only take a particular type of plastic or is it all sorts or...? So- it's all different um, types of containers. So as Rachel said, we uh, it reads the barcode when you put uh, your container in the machine. But we also have multiple cameras in there as well to see, to look at the size and the shape and, and see whether it's registered. And it's also dependent on the scheme. So, for example, the scheme um, yeah. in, in each scheme sets how they want the containers to be sorted. So, for example, in um, Northern Territory, we have to program the machines to separate the different coloured glass, whereas in, in New South Wales, all the glass can go into one mm. one bin at the back. So we have to, we being the amazing product experts, <laughs> um, have to program the machines. It's all sensor technology. So as Claire mm. said, there's five or six cameras in the machine. So when you put the bottle in, in a moment of, of like seconds, it will scan, it will create an image of that container know what color it is and then it knows to spit it into a certain bin so then what happens then i i, I take it you've got multiple bins obviously mm-hmm, yeah. and then what clean way or, or or some contractor comes and picks it up and then yeah. obviously puts it into raw yeah material so places. in new south wales it's a joint venture with clean away so clean away will um, we've got, again, sensor technology that when the bin's full and they have done an amazing logistical plan of they know of which of the RVMs are busier and they put together a plan as to how often they go and pick those up. But also the sensor technology will know when those bins are full and will switch the machine off at the front. So you might go to an RVM and it will say, um, you know, it's not working and can't return any containers. But if you check the MyTomra app before yeah. you head to the There's reverse vending machine. We need an app, Jeremy. Or <laughs> the return and website it will tell you if that machine is on or not so clean away we've got different trucks for the glass versus the lightweights and there is a specific um collection and recycling facility for the um return and end scheme out in eastern creek where 70 percent of all the lightweights go so they manage all the lightweights there then there's a whole other room of technology that then sorts and separates the plastics from the cartons from the cans and bales it so you've got a bale of really high value like low contaminated materials that are then bought to be turned back into other products. And, and what are those other products though? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, well, aluminium hopefully goes back into other cans. Aluminium can be recycled over and over again. I think 75% of aluminium created is put back into the scheme, um, into um, aluminium, but um, it could be anything. I mean, it, we actually don't kind of see that side of it at Tomra, and where it is quite a new scheme, we still haven't got those statistics back yet, wow. to be honest. It's wow. still so new that we kind of need to see where they're going, and because we kind of created this demand of we've got all of this really good material, and now with pressure coming on to manufacturers to start creating more products from recycle content, more and more people are going to be looking for it. So Coca-Cola recently announced they want to make seven of their 10 um, containers from recycled plastic. So they'll now start looking for these high value bales of, of low contaminated plastics to be able to make their materials. Behind the scenes, we are working on some mini documentaries to actually yeah. show people that whole Rather process give them data and hard data we've been only two very handsome actors uh, we we're <laughs> <laughs> you've probably seen our video oh yes <laughs> I was yeah. going to say uh, who are these two handsome actors <laughs> oh Okay, thanks for coming along. <laughs> I should ask, actually, um, I was listening to your podcast and you talking about emptying um, your your pits. pits, and, yeah. and you were counting, I think it was over 850 pieces of plastic, and you mentioned how many containers there were. So do you use the container deposit scheme to recycle? Well, that's, um, that's pretty interesting you should say that. Um, no, is the answer, <laughs> is the brutal answer, but that is the the, the pressure of, of, of what we're trying to achieve and looking to recycle as much of the waste that mm-hmm. we get. Um, it's hard enough to build a business uh, like we have done over the last yeah. 10 years. I mean, we've, as you can see, we've only got a certain amount of people here. But, yeah, you bang on. I mean, when, mm. when we put that out on Instagram, which was probably the highest rating clicks that we've had, mm-hmm. uh, people we, we showed people. Uh, it was just one – it took me an hour uh, sorting the material downstairs, three guys – uh, we put it out there and had an amazing response because we're not writing something and we're actually showing mm-hmm. the public what we're what what we're what we're stopping. So, yeah, no, we should be doing that. Have you seen the the stats? Yeah, so just to give backtrack. So the, what we're talking about, uh, Jeremy and Ocean protected a, a, a Instagram and social media post on they cleaned out eight galley baskets uh, from a, a just a normal street in, in Sydney, and they picked out eight in, out of those eight galley baskets which hadn't been maintained for a few months. They picked out eight hundred and fifty pieces of plastic, which included um, two hundred twenty eight cigarette butts, uh, eighty five eighty eight plastic lids, uh, forty four cans, mm. uh, twenty two plastic cups, and a bunch of straws, etc. Yeah, you're right. Like, I think ultimately, like, uh, currently, we are simply removing that pollution and, uh, and mm. disposing it from landfill, disposing to landfill. But we would love to see a situation where we actually take a lot of the material we we pull out of that these um, uh, underground garbage mm. bins and actually put it into some sort of recycling scheme. It does also depend on how broken down they are well, when you find them, though. That, so. That's um, it. I mean, I've done beach cleans before and you can find a can and it still looks like a can, but it's, you know, it's started to break away because they, as amazing as aluminium is as a material, it actually takes longer to break down, I think, than plastic in the ocean, which, but it's good because it can be continuously recycled. But, and that's, I guess, the frustration with these container deposit schemes is people do beach cleans and they find bottles and they might be in generally a very good state, but if it doesn't have the barcode and things, it can't go through the scheme. So obviously we want to stop it from the source, if you like, we want to stop it even getting into litter. I mean, I've literally seen someone walk down the street. This is going to make all of us upset because it, it ties us in very well. Um, walk down the street and he'd finish his drink, his drink and he 
looked for a bin and I mean good on him he in a way had a who had the best intentions and he found a drain and he threw the bottle down the drain where is this person <laughs> but it was weird because in his brain he saw it as a bin yeah and he you know a, a thought he was doing the right thing yeah. of not yeah. littering it on the street but he saw one of the open drains and probably thinking that there's going to be a trap that's going to catch it no do you know what it is I reckon it's people um people uh, hide their littering Mm, you know, true. like you know, I, we've, I, I did a. Um, we cleaned up the uh, Manny Lagoon for Clean Up Australia Day a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and one of the biggest things you find in the lagoon are people that have picked up doggy poo in their wee bag, and then they throw the bag into oh, the that lagoon is because, okay. they, you know, and they. What? Oh mate, it was. Oh, you weren't there for it. It was extraordinary. Like people want like hiding their littering. It's tying into that. I read somewhere. I don't know if it was here in the UK. Of horses have been dying from those poo bags because they're attracted to the smell of the poo and the grain in the in the poo, basically, and they eat it and then they're eating the plastic. There's been two horses that have died recently from that. Wow. Which is just just leave the poo. Don't even pick it up if you cannot be bothered because then at least it's going to break down naturally rather than sing in a plastic bag. Drives me nuts. Yeah, you well, said it. Yeah, so you go. You I go. was just going to say, thinking of a uh, positive solution. <laughs> can we keep talking about poo, Claire? <laughs> oh, trust me, I can talk about poo until the cows come home. I I volunteer as a keeper at Taronga Zoo, so I can tell you oh, a lot fantastic. about poo. Yeah. Um, but basically, wouldn't it be a great situation where you you have the bins, the underground bins, and people actually volunteer to empty them because they get the containers and they get the money. Well, keep the money. Yeah, and and we. Was it two days ago? We were even thinking about getting uh, homeless people that need a job to go and do that. Yeah. And actually people have actually approached us, like a university student recently uh, sent us a message via social media saying, love the work you do. Can I actually do a crowdfunding scheme to actually put one in my street and I'll look after it? And all that That's amazing. It was like the sea bins as well. There's yeah. some people kind of crowdfunding for a sea bin Absolutely. and when they're on the water, it's the same thing. Really. Yeah. And look, we, we – I don't know if you guys know. I mean, this, this might blow you away. So um, there's state legislation – to treat your stormwater in Queensland uh, and in, and recently in Victoria. Mm. There's actually not state legislation here mm. in New South Wales. However, what we're trying to achieve and what we will achieve is, is change because you have to put these devices in around the country, but no one cleans them out. Yeah, so you, they've ticked the box of putting it in. Tick, they, and they put it in and then you've got all these underground rubbish bins, right? You know, there's a wide range of technologies mm. out there and no one, well, very few people, and I'm talking both public and private assets mm. is are actually getting maintained. We've done some calcs to say that if we uh, maintained every stormwater device, would stop 500 wheelie bins a day of pollution. Oh, that's just amazing. With t- uh, just a tick. So that's something that we're taking and we, we've wow. recently sent out 2,000 uh, letters to individual politicians yeah, around the country. Mm. Um, we've had a great response um, from the Greens and uh, from Labor. Nothing from uh, the other side, <laughs> but that, it just so goes to show. So surprising. But, but, but on that on that letter, so we're, we're calling for a zero litter to ocean target to be achieved by twenty forty. So no more plastic bottles, poo bags, mm. coke cans, whatever, being uh, flowing into our waterways and ocean by twenty forty. Like we we obviously think we're part of the solution in terms of you know trying to intercept that mm. pollution that might be already in the stormwater stream. Mm. Um, but certainly a big part of that solution is also reducing pollution at the source. Mm. And this is where I think actually you guys come in beautifully is that you're actually taking uh, what would otherwise be seen as essentially rubbish and actually uh, encouraging it 
to be used as a resource. Yeah, uh, there's and seeing value in ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and there is value. Totally. And, and look, we acknowledge you guys are, have got a, a commercial interest in, in um, you know, seeing a lot of people um, recycle properly and actually for that material to actually be used as a resource. But there's nothing wrong with that. We're all going to – if you can make a dollar out of protecting the environment and actually creating a circular economy, hats off to you. Mm. 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 And then donate it to charity, of course. Obviously donate it to charity. That's <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> And, and so what like what are the future plans? So obviously there's a, a number of these assets, uh, the reverse vending machines and other schemes across Australia and around the world already. But what is, what is, the, what is the ultimate goal? Where do you guys want to see um, – where do you want to see Tomra and reverse vending machines and recycling in Australia go in the years to come? Really, if we could see something that's national and as, as Rachel said earlier, across every state. Um, but, you know, why stop at Australia? Wouldn't it be great that everyone grows up – with a, a different view of waste and that waste is a resource and it has a value, whether that's to yourself or to a charity because, you know, charities are important. But globally, wouldn't that be amazing? That Oh, for sure. But you guys need to get the hell up into, like, the Philippines. We're know, already you know. looking at Pacific areas and, and you watch know. The space, watch the space. Watch the space. World, world, world domination. Yeah. World domination. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the scheme's been announced in Scotland. It's coming to England, you know, within the next five years. So when years. you say the scheme, so is well, that I mean, legislation? Yeah, yes. containers deposit scheme so they're all in different I mean Queensland's very different to uh, to New South Wales to, to Northern Territories to you know WA what the legislation is yeah the legislation okay. is different in how it will operate but basically as long as people are returning their containers and getting a reward for doing that you're going to change people's behaviour mm. um, and the thing that's interesting is it's not only helping the environment and it's not only reducing litter but it actually helps people's health it increases house prices it um, affects how, how does it increase house prices because basically it's a better environment, it's cleaner, it's it's got, you know, it looks it looks better basically. Litter redu- yeah, litter yeah. reductions just it's, it's multiple yeah. multiple um, you know, uh, great things come from it. So So let's just make this as simple as possible for our politicians. What legislation change is required? <laughs> I think if there was a federal um, container deposit scheme. And I think it would make it easier because there's also people want to use a scheme and yeah. um, uh, again, part of our role is educating people on what's eligible and what is not. What, it, well, okay, is, but the, the, just on that point, yeah. what's eligible and what's not for people at home yeah. that, that are thinking about now going to use this container, let's give them the quick 101s, you know. So the easy way to think of it, because it's a litter reduction scheme, it's drinks that are generally consumed on the go as in that will end up as litter. So a way to think of it is if you were to go into a cafe, all of those drinks that are in the fridge would be eligible because they're going to be drunk on the go. Whereas wine, um, milk, spirits, things like that, cordials, fruit juices are generally drunk at home. So they're not eligible in the scheme at the moment. Who's to say where it's going to go? But because it is to reduce litter, it is... they've specifically chosen these containers because they see them as litter. So cartons um, like Up and Go and Coke cans and beer bottles or kombucha, Mm. they are all eligible. So it's generally the majority of drinks up to three litres. Yes, Um, up to three litres. Yeah, and others, so juices and um, other drinks on the go will be up to one litre can go in there. So it's plastics, it's cans, it's glass and also cartons or poppers yeah. as Australians say. Well, basically the, these are the containers that make up 44% of the of the litter in New South Wales. So okay, if we can so reduce that. that yeah. yeah. That is incredible, really. 160 million 
Beverage containers are littered a year in yeah. New South Wales alone. And oh within the first, I think it was in with the first six months of the scheme, um, over 400 million containers um, had been uh, recycled that otherwise would have ended up as litter or in landfill. Those numbers are staggering, aren't they? <laughs> well, really? uh, but are they? Because of what we see, um, you know, we well, we, Brad did some research uh, 12 months ago. Um, and uh, we had a decent rain event here in Sydney, and by our calculations of what's coming off the catchments, mm. basically one big rain event here in Sydney, I mean, it was pretty big, we estimate that one Olympic-sized swimming pool of gross pollutants. Now, yeah. an Olympic-sized swimming pool entered into Sydney Harbour on one day. That is shocking. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think when you when you you, you you cite these numbers and they're absolutely gobsmacking, but then you think about how big our urban areas are, yeah. how, how many people there are, how many times they have a you know a, a, a plastic container and they might accidentally mm. or deliberately deliver it, whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, it kind of comes down to reducing the consumption as well. Yeah. So we definitely don't think that single use plastic is is the is you know saying oh yeah go for it as long as you put it in the scheme. It's definitely reduction as well, and, but also it's making sure any new ones that are produced are made of recycled content. And, and that's a good question I had for you. Like, so do you, how do you guys feel about like they're not? It's not actually really a competition, is it? Like you're, you're not competing <laughs> with biodegradable plastics. You're not competing with people wanting to use you know multiple use. Uh, cups no. if they want to do that i'm guessing you guys are going yeah fantastic mm. but the reality is there's a, still a lot of single-use plastics exactly. being used and in fact there's actually if anything increasing mm. and and where there's where they are being used you guys have a, have a, an appropriate solution to actually appropriately recycle and actually turn that mm-hmm. otherwise waste into an appropriate resource and i don't know any statistics or if this is factually correct but i also think that even if every single use um, plastic bottle was there wasn't any more produced i still imagine there would be enough plastic out there to be to be put through oh, a scheme i'm sure your guys will keep busy um, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. so even in in new south wales i can't think of the other states but the higher materials that come through the scheme is actually aluminium and um and glass anyway it's uh, pet is one of the is the third material that's that's brought through the scheme and, and they can be recycled over and over again so but we just kind of you know plastic bottles are the mascot of litter if you like you know they are Everyone relates to them. Everyone knows they shouldn't be used. And, um, and yeah. Plastic is massively in the news at the moment. I mean, yeah. the whole with, oh. you know, Sir David Attenborough and talking yeah. about plastics. Um, so we do recycle, obviously, the plastic bottles, but the, as Rachel was pointing out, we recycle the cans and the glass too. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, this is uh, not going live, but I had a thought yesterday. Um, I'm going to um, trademark I love plastic because – Plastic has given us a voice. Mm. Um, plastic is visible, mm. and it, it, it is a big. Oh my god, plastic! But um, without this plastic move, our, um, I guess, our public profile of being able to go ocean protect and what's going out, it's drawing the attention to what else mm. is 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 going down the stormwater drains. Mm. Yeah. So I guess we'll come back and have a discussion about that. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. Episodes are released weekly and the next episode will feature part two of this chat. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.